Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, and I am your host for today's show. I am Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I'm here to take your questions. Perhaps you got a question about uh, your Bible reading that has come up, or maybe you heard a teaching, you want some clarity and understanding. Uh, Let's go to God's Word together and see what the Word of God declares. So give us a call. We have open lines. It's always best if you can grab one of those open lines early in the show, and, uh, and we'll have the opportunity and the time to be able to have our conversation. Uh, you can ask your questions, maybe questions that came up uh, in your Bible reading or you heard a teaching. Uh, we want to take you to the Word of God. We want to help bring some clarity and understanding. Uh, maybe there's a question about Christian living or current events. What's our worldview uh, as Christians? And so we want to uh, be able to help you and bless you in any way that we can. Also, this is an opportunity for you to give your prayer requests. We all uh, have uh, prayer requests, and so maybe perhaps something's heavy on your heart. Maybe you want to pray for a family member or friends or whatever the case may be. Uh, we can go to the throne of grace, as Hebrew chapter 4 tells us, and uh, in time of need and go to the Lord together. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines, and uh, let's uh, go to uh, the Lord for instruction, for correction, uh, for uh, reproof, for instruction and in righteousness, that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work, as Paul told Timothy. And to remember this, that all Scripture is inspired by God. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, up in the southern Wyoming. What a beautiful day that we have. Uh, we just turned into a new month of February, and it feels like it's April. It was 60 degrees here in Greeley today. And uh, that gives us a little bit of spring fever, doesn't it? But beautiful, beautiful day, sunny skies, and uh, what a blessing that is. And I hope you're having a great day. I know a lot of you are uh, perhaps headed home. It's the end of the work week for you. We are headed into Super Bowl weekend, and uh, maybe there's some um, things that you have planned, and we want to be a part uh, of your uh, day today to be a blessing to you. And uh, so give me a call if you have opportunity. want to welcome all the Hope and Truth FM listeners on the East Coast that you are listening as well. Of course, you are a week behind on um, the program, uh, but you can call at this number. I know that some of you are listening online, actually listening to today's program uh, that are in uh, that area of Pennsylvania and, and New Jersey and Maryland and North Carolina, Kentucky, uh, th- that area uh, where uh, Truth and Hope FM are broadcast. And uh, so give me a call. And anywhere in the nation, the online listeners, you can call at 303-690-3000. I'll repeat that number throughout the program. 
And then also there is a dedicated text line for you to be able to ask questions and give prayer requests, and that is 720-336-0897. And as time uh, allows us, we'll go to those text questions and uh, and answer those questions and then pray for those prayer requests. So again, welcome all of you that are listening here today. I want to read to you because it is a big weekend for our nation uh, in that it's Super Bowl weekend, and perhaps some of you are thinking about that, uh, have plans, you're going to get with the, together with friends or family to watch the game on Sunday. Uh, and it's, it's something that uh, we hear about the commercials, how much money that... Uh, companies spend for 30-second commercial. I haven't read on it this year, but I know it's millions of dollars. And, uh, and you know, the gatherings and the food and all that is a part of that. And the whole world actually gets involved. Billions of people watch the Super Bowl. But it reminds me that even though there's going to be a new world champion that's going to be crowned uh, on Sunday uh, as far as the NFL— Uh, When it comes to us as Christians, I want to read to you what Paul writes in the book of Romans, uh, and that is that uh, he says, For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. We know that he would write something very similar uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 5, that we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. And we're not going to be judged for our sins as Christians. We're not going to be judged for salvation. Uh, salvation is given freely by our faith in Jesus Christ, and Jesus took the judgment for our sins on the cross, but we are going to be judged for what we have done for Christ. And I, I pray for us as Christians that we would remember that there's eternal rewards that the Lord desires to give to us um, as we go and stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. The Corinthians knew what Paul was talking about. Uh, The Romans would as well, because you had the uh, ancient Olympic Games uh, in Athens, of course, in Greece. You had the Isthmus Games, and the winners of the events back then would stand at the Bema reward seat, and uh, they would receive rewards, uh, crowns, for the events that they won in. And so we want to uh, know that, as Paul is saying to us, that what we have done for Christ, that's what's going to last. There's a Super Bowl coming uh, for us Christians that is greater than any game that we can play here on earth, and that is when the Lord comes for us, uh, and when he comes for the church, and we will stand before the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ, and listen, keep eternity a priority. And that's what I hope is an encouragement to you um, as uh, we, you know, we, we enjoy those things, but those uh, Super Bowl rings and the trophies are going to go away. And what we do for Christ, that's what's going to last. So, hey, give me a call. We have some open lines, 303-690-3000, to be on the air. And the text number is 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley. Let's go ahead and go to Mark in Denver. Mark? Mark, are you there? Yes, Mark, you're on Calvary. You're on Calvary Live. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes go ahead. I am. You got a question? Yes, I do. Actually, my question is: um, 
on the um, the Mount of Transfiguration. Go ahead. Well, first of all, how did the disciples were able to recognize um, Moses and Elijah? Well, that's a good question, and uh, we know that you know Elijah and Moses were at the Mount of Transfiguration. And um, and it was Peter, of course, that woke up, right, Mark? And yeah. he says, it's good for us to be here. Let's make an altar for Moses, one for Elijah, and uh, one for Jesus. And the other thing, too, is Jesus was transfigured. And um, so this is an amazing event that's taken place. So we don't know for sure exactly. We do know that the Gospel narratives gives us a little bit of hint that they were talking about Jesus' death going to Calvary. And um, so Moses and Elijah are seen there. How they recognize them exactly, don't know. Um, and uh, that's a good question that the Scriptures uh, don't really tell us uh, how they recognized them. It wasn't like there was, you know, pictures floating around, you know, um, yes. or anything like that, or, you know, things like that. Uh, of course there wasn't. Of course, Elijah was on the scene 700 years before that time, uh, Moses right. was on the scene, uh, you know, 1,500 years before that time. So that's a right. good question, but we don't have an answer for that. Okay, and this is a follow-up question regarding that. Moses died a physical death, but Elijah right. was taken up into a pillar of fire, raptured up. Right. Now, does Moses—I don't know what they were talking about up there— but does Moses represent the physical death, and Elijah maybe represents the— rapture of the church? Well, yeah, and, and I think that um, that as we look at it, uh, Moses, of course, he, here's the interesting thing, Mark, that when you go to the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 11, there's the two witnesses that are there. And yeah. it is believed by some Bible scholars that the two witnesses are going to be Moses and Elijah. Now, we know that one of the Gospels tells us that when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, that they were talking about Jesus' departure, that, you know, um, that he would go to Calvary and depart. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. And okay. Moses, it's interesting, in the little book of Jude, uh, that it tells us that Michael uh, contended with Satan over the body of Moses. Isn't that okay. interesting? We know that yeah. Moses was buried on Mount Nebo, so why would there be this struggle over the body of Moses? Um, it could it be that it's you know his body is going to be needed for the two witnesses. Elijah, yeah. of course, was raptured. There, there's other thoughts that the two witnesses are Enoch and Elijah because Enoch was raptured too. So okay. Enoch, I believe, is a picture of the church. The church going to be raptured, and then after Enoch was raptured, what happened? There was the judgment that came upon the whole earth with Noah. So Enoch is a picture of the rapture of the church, I think, uh, because he was raptured before judgment came. And I believe that the Bible shows us and teaches, and some would disagree, but I think that the church is going to be raptured before God pours out his wrath in a Christ-rejected world. Elijah... Oh. Again, that rapture is there. He's taken up in a whirlwind. Um, and there are those who believe that it was Enoch and Elijah that have to come back and be put to death because 
the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment, right? I don't necessarily hold to that view because uh, before the two witnesses come on the scene, there's going to be a whole generation of Christians that are going to be raptured, um, you, you know, before the Lord that is not going to taste death. I pray that we're that generation, but we don't know for sure. So right. um, Mo- Moses and Elijah, Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. Um, they could very well be the two witnesses that are spoken of in Revelation chapter 11. And the reason that we think that is because the two witnesses were able to call down fire from heaven. That's Elijah's ministry. And to be able to turn water into blood, that's Moses' ministry. And and so that's why that suggestion is there. So, you know, interesting things. And, and you know, another interesting thing, Mark, I'm just going to add mm. this. Remember okay. that most remember that Moses was told that he's not going to go into the promised land. Remember that? Yes. Um, because he struck the the rock and misrepresented God. So he was on Mount Nebo before he died and the Lord supernaturally showed him the promised land. And on the Mount of Transfiguration there is Moses. He's there and it's like the Lord snuck him in. And I think it just okay. speaks of God's incredible grace, you know, that he has. And uh, so, you know, just little things that I think about those things. But, yeah, good questions that you're asking. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Moses struck the rock, but he struck it twice, didn't he? Yes. He was only supposed struck, to strike it once? He was to speak to the rock. Speak he was to told the rock. In, Yeah, he was told initially, strike the rock. Okay, we know that Paul talks about in Corinthians that that rock is Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, Jesus was struck once for us, and now we speak to him. Moses got angry and he struck the rock twice. And I used to think, you know, that's kind of harsh because Moses put up with these people for forty years in the wilderness. They're murmuring and complaining. I mean, it's hard pastoring a church, but can you? Imagine pastoring a church of 40 million people in the wilderness mm-hmm. for 40 years, you know, or two and a half million people for 40 years, and, and they murmur and complain. They want to stone you, and, you know, they have a vote, two and a half million to nothing, to, you know, get rid of you as the pastor. So it wasn't an easy ministry. And I think if I was Moses and the people were murmuring once again, I probably, you know, would have been tempted to go into the crowd swinging that staff, you know, so frustrated. But right. he did some, he did something that we need to understand as pastors. And, and Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And that is you cannot misrepresent Jesus. And that's what he did. And he struck the rock. He was angry at the people. Um, and and made the people feel like God was angry at them. And the Lord said, Moses, I'm not angry at them. They're thirsty. I told you to to speak to the rock. And and it shows me the seriousness of I don't want to misrepresent Christ um, to the people and to shepherd them and to love them and to give them God's grace and mercy and truth and love. Um, in my ministry. So very powerful lessons there, Mark. So yes, didn't mean to get sidetracked with you. Yeah. Yes, and I, that, and I think that, no, you didn't sidetrack me. I mean, you enlightened me in a lot of things. And I think that still happens, I mean, even today. I mean, a lot of us murmur yeah. and, you know, yeah. 
want to want to blame God for this and that, you know. And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people right. like to see a lot of church leaders go. Yeah. So, hey, Mark, did you have a prayer request? Yes, I did. Uh, I have a prayer request for my seven sons, uh, especially for Mark Jr. Uh, and Michael and Robert. Um, we come from a drug-addicted background. Um, I'm coming off a 28-year drug addiction, thank God. Um, and it, it, it has fallen on them. And, you know, I need prayer. So these chains are broken. And, you know, the drug addiction that you know, that bows, you know, holds them down. And yeah. it, it, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. So why don't we pray? Father, we do pray. I pray for, I thank you for Mark. He's coming off addiction, um, the freedom that he has. Lord, we thank you that you are the one that frees us uh, from the bondage, addictions of, of this world. I pray that you would do that work in his sons. Lord, you know them. I pray that you would free them. I pray that you would um, help them, give them the strength to be free from um, those drugs. And, Lord, I pray that you would keep them from them. Put them in a place where they're safe, that um, your love, your Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, your strength, your wisdom would just fill them, Lord. You would do a supernatural work in them. I pray that you give Mark wisdom in ministering to his sons, and, Lord, uh, to continue to be an example to them. So break that bondage, uh, the addiction. You're the one that can do it. You're everything that we need, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Mark. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you for God your bless. ministry. You bet. Have a great weekend. All right, when somebody hangs up, we have an open line, so let me give you that number, 303-690-3000. You are listening to Calvary Live, and I am Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. We're going to go to Clifton in Denver. Clifton? Hello, Pastor. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm just uh, thankful for your word. Thank you for the blessings that you send out. I listen to you guys faithfully, and I just want to pray for my kids right now. Okay. Uh, just going through some tough things. Uh, yeah, I beat a case 38 years, so I'm I'm super happy about that. Uh, I just want to pray for Tashina, Taya, and Adrian. Just want Adrian. them to be watched over. Okay. Okay. So you want prayer for your daughters and your your son and his wife? Is that yes, what you're sir. asking prayer for? Hey, yes, let's sir. do that. Let's do that. Lord, I I just pray for Clifton. He um is asking for prayer for his family. To be a dad and to hurt for our kids is something that's very deep. And, and something that is very real. And, and Lord, um, I can tell that he loves his kids. Um, he's also concerned. And Lord, you know the issues. You know the situation. You know everything that they're going through. So I pray for um, his daughters, Adrian. We pray for um, his son, his, his you know, uh, and wife, uh, and um his son's wife, Lord, all those involved. And, and as Clifton is 
is is speaking and and I may not know all the names, but you do. And you know the situation, and we just lift them up to you. I pray that you help Clifton minister to his family, to his kids, to um, those that he loves very, very much, that you would show yourself strong on their behalf, that they would draw close to you, that he would be able to speak grace and truth into their lives, the Lord, that you touch their hearts deeply, and Lord, that you would work to to where, um, Lord, you would... um, bring them into your grace and and into your wisdom and, Lord, your freedom as they look to you and embrace you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You keep praying. We'll be praying, okay? Thank you, Pastor. I need it. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Keep in touch with us, okay? Thank you, sir. You guys have a good one. Keep serving the good word. We need it out here. We are. We need it. We need it. Yeah, we do. Thank you, Clifton. I appreciate the encouragement. Maybe you are hurting for family member or somebody. Please call and let's pray. And um, let's go to the throne of grace and, and lift up those loved ones of yours, those you care about, to the Lord. So powerful, so wonderful to have this show that we can do that, and it's important. And uh, so hope you can... Um, uh, be able to do that if the Lord puts it on your heart. And uh, Clifton, we're going to continue to pray for your family. Let's go to Desiree and Thornton. Desiree? Desiree, are you with us? Desiree, maybe that you dropped. If you can give a call back, I'd love to be able to answer your question that you might have. I know you're holding a little bit. Um, but we do have some open lines, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. Let's go to Gail in Fort Collins. Gail? Yes. How are you, Gail? I'm fine. You're on Calvary Live. Oh, thank you. Um, so I'm calling in kind of some multiple questions with a very sad circumstance in our life. Uh, my nephew committed suicide in Hey, Hey, Gail. Yes. I'm having a little hard um, time hearing you. Okay. okay. There's a li- little bit of background noise, but I'm going to try to stay with you. Um, so go ahead. And you said you had a couple questions, and um, yeah. I'll try to stay is with it, you. Okay. Yeah, that's is, is better. Is that better? Can you hear me better? Yes, I can. Okay. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go, go ahead, Gail. Um, so what I was calling regarding some very sad um, information in our family was that my nephew committed suicide in September, and my brother is just really struggling, and some of the questions, we've had a few people talk about the unforgivable sin and that he wouldn't be saved if he committed suicide, and and then the other thing my brother is spending time with, just, you know, looking in the Bible and determining if you are in heaven now or if we are sleeping until Christ returns. And then just huge, huge prayers for his huge Absolutely. heartache. Yeah, and I am so sorry for your brother's hurt, for your hurt, the whole family. Um, and, and suicide can really be so difficult. I mean, any death in a family and a loved one and a child that um, ends up dying, or it's, um, it, it, it's hard. And, and your brother and your family 
is on a very, very difficult journey. But I want to be able to give some clarity to him because these are things that your brother are going to agonize over. And it's so important that we who proclaim God's truth that we give biblical answers. And there are those who will come along and say, well, suicide's an unforgivable sin. And apparently he's been told that. And my response, where is that in the Bible? Now, we know that it's God's desire that he do not take our own lives. We know that that's God's will, that we should live. And I just want to say, if there's anybody out there listening, that you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, get some help. God wants you to live. He has a plan. Um, He desires to work in your life. Get some help. Talk to somebody. It's so very important. But when somebody goes through suicide, you know, and, and the message is, well, they're not saved because it's unforgivable sin. Listen, there's only one unforgivable sin, and that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is one who has rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior when they come to the end of their life, the one who keeps saying no to Jesus. So, you know, we have, you know, even in uh, the news um, that we have seen, you know, amongst pastors, even in this last year, even recently, there have been some pastors that committed suicide. They they preached the word powerfully. They were strong believers, but for some reason that they came to that hopelessness that we don't fully understand, and they took their own lives. And we need to give truth to others and comfort to others that suicide, nowhere in the Bible does it say that it's the unforgivable sin. It's not God's will, but it's not the unforgivable sin. And blasphemy the Holy Spirit is the unforgivable sin of one who has rejected Jesus Christ. That, That is number one. Second of all, for those who are in Christ, that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us, and I'm going to read it to you, Paul's talking about the resurrection, that that when the rapture happens, uh, we will get, you know, new resurrected bodies. Uh, but he says in the meantime, what happens is that, um, and let me read it to you, to, to you um, in verse 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, just so you know, Gail, that we are confident, yell, well pleased rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay? So when we take our last breath, we're immediately with the Lord. Paul would say, you know, um, between two opinions, you know, when he was writing to the Philippians, he didn't know whether he was going to be put to death by Nero at that time or not. He says to be here with you, which is better, or go home to be with the Lord, which is something that he really desired. And so... um you know, we go home to be with the Lord immediately. We don't go into soul sleep. Soul sleep is a doctrine that's a false doctrine that says that our souls will sleep until the rapture of the church. Um, our bodies sleep, but not our soul, okay? Not our spirit. Our spirit goes home to be with the Lord. And then at the sound of the trumpet, First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, Paul talks about it here in Second Corinthians chapter 5. Okay. That okay. we will get new new heavenly bodies, but it's talking about bodies, okay, and um, and it's not talking about your soul. 
So those are two things that he can look at Scripture and hopefully be comforted by in, in this long journey he's on. And there's going to be a lot of questions that he has that probably will never be answered on this side of eternity. But, you know, Romans chapter 8 says that when we're overwhelmed with suffering, that the Holy Spirit, he's there to intercede, to help us uh, in our prayers. And and Romans chapter 8 is another chapter you might show to him, and that's good news um, for us. And that's what we're going to study on Sunday. Um, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know all that we should pray as he ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. Gail, I want you to hold on, okay? I'll, I'll finish up with you on the other side of the break if you can, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I know that many of you perhaps are ending your work week and love to be a blessing uh, to you as you're headed home or perhaps to basketball practice with your kids or whatever the case may be, maybe at home just kind of relaxing, getting a snack for the kids, uh, give me a call at 303-690-3000 to be on the air. Let me give you that text line again, and if we have time to fill in um, the end of the show with text questions or prayer requests, uh, we will do that, 720-336-0897. And you know that I always encourage you Put those in your contacts, and then you can pull it up and uh, and and give us a quick call. And uh, we'd love to be able to talk with you, answer your questions, or to be able to pray with you. And we've been doing that the first half. It's been a great first half of the show. Uh, we were talking with Gail. Gail, are you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. Thank you. Thanks for holding on, Gail. I wanted to finish up with you, but... Um, the good news is when, you know, as I said, a loved one dies, we go home to be with the Lord. And uh, soul sleep is, is something that is not biblical. And um, so uh, those are scriptures that you can show um, your brother. And it's a scripture that you can show your family that's grieving very, very hard. Yeah, I, I appreciate that very, very much. And... Um the only, I guess, other other question and just prayers for my brother is, um, you know, the Bible talks about carrying each other's burdens, and I just yeah. know lots of us want to carry his burden, and we're just struggling to help him in that way. Yeah. We share one another burdens, but we, we do cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. And we can share one another's burdens, but allow the Lord to carry those burdens. And... Um, we have such a loving God, and um, like I said, it's a tough, tough journey that you're on, and a lot of patience, a lot of crying, tears, um, a lot of questions right now, but support each other. Be there and love each other. Be patient with each other. And and I would encourage you, make sure that you're praying with each other and that hopefully that um, he has some fellowship with us and other believers as well. So, hey, Gail, can we go ahead and pray for your brother? Yes, that'd be wonderful. 
Okay. Father, uh, as Gail calls, um, I pray that these scriptures that were given to her, Second Corinthians chapter 5, um, as um, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, that she would be able to minister to her brother. I'm sure he has a lot of questions, that he has a hole in his heart, that he's numb right now. And Lord, what my prayer is, is that you bring the comfort. You are the God who comforts us in all of our tribulations. And Lord, that um, he would um, look to you. And it's a long, long grieving process that one who has lost a loved one, especially to suicide, goes through. And there's a lot of questions. The enemy can come and begin to uh, attack us, uh, confuse us. Um, There's a lot of voices out there that will tell us things that um, are hurtful. And Lord, I just pray that he would surround himself with those who are going to give him truth, who are going to pray with him, support him. I pray that you be with Gail's brother, with the whole family, friends, those affected Um, by this suicide. And Lord, I also want to pray at this time. Lord, I want to pray um, for those who perhaps are struggling with those thoughts, that they would understand that you have a plan for them and that you love them and, and they were created to live for you. And there is a reason to live for Jesus and that they would get help. They would talk to somebody they, they would talk to a pastor, a family member, and they would understand that you desire and your will is for them to live. So, Lord, I pray that um, you would work and that you would minister and that you be with Colleen and her family and her brother right now at this time of hurt. In Jesus' name, amen. Gail, yes. we'll be amen. praying. Thank we'll you be, so much. We'll be praying. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. We have some open lines. We've got plenty of time in the show for you to be able to call and ask your questions and give your prayer request. I'd uh, love to be able to talk to you about that. Let's go to Talia in Denver. Yes, Talia? hi, Pastor. Yes. How are, how are you today? How can we pray for you? Uh, well, Pastor, I have been going through so much. And I've been to the emergency room like five times. You know, um, they can't, they couldn't tell me why I have this mm-hmm. persistent sore throat that just won't heal. Okay. And okay. so um, I finally, I lost my insurance because my job closed. And so I got up the money to go to my um, provider today. And now that they're saying that they wanted to, of course, the endoscopy of put the tube down my throat and right. see if it is the GERD or if it's indeed worse, like, you know, esophageal cancer. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm beyond yeah. tired of the tests and everything. <laughs> yeah. And emotionally and, and going through it and the uncertainty. And you know what? Uh, Talia, God loves you, and he cares about your sore throat. And we're going to pray for you, and we're going to go to the throne of grace that we can go to uh, his throne in time of need because he's the compassionate and sympathetic high priest. And Lord, so I pray for Talia. She's tired. 
She has had this pain for a month or so, um, no relief. Um, she's lost her insurance. So, Lord, I pray that um, as she goes back and they do testing, that, Lord, I pray, I pray, first of all, you heal her, that you would take the pain away, that you would take uh, whatever's in her throat causing it, infection, anything, cancer, that you would just take it away and heal. And, Lord, I pray that you would um, encourage her, that Talia would know that you love her, that you would provide for her, that she'd be able to get help, and, Lord, that she'd be able to get confirmation from the doctors, uh, whatever's going on, and that she would trust you with her life, and, Lord, in, in whatever the days ahead are. And so, Lord, I pray for my sister, and I, I can hear the the frustration, perhaps, and the especially being tired, tired of the pain and sickness and uncertainty in her life. And Lord, just show yourself strong on her behalf. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Talia, Thank you, Pastor. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna keep praying. You keep in touch with us, okay? I will. Okay. God bless you. A lot of you sick, a lot of sickness that's going on. Um and uh, we want to pray for you. And the Lord cares whether you got a sore throat, something more serious going on. We can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. So, hey, 303-690-3000, you are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs on this Friday. And uh, we uh, just want to be a blessing to you, pray for you, answer any questions you might have. Um, there is Lloyd in Aurora. He's got a question. Lloyd? Yes, sir. How are you today? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. You got a question Sweet. for me? Uh, yeah. Well, I noticed that you, you talk a lot about uh, processes and prophecy updates. And so um, I had a friend that was telling me, well, kind of boasting about um, like predictions or prophecies that were told by uh, a guy named like something, uh, Notre Dame. And yeah. I wasn't sure if maybe... I, I couldn't say anything about it since I wasn't very, you know, I, I, I'm not very informed about him. So I was wondering maybe you knew some things about him and whether or not his teachings or sayings are credible. Uh, since right. I know, that, you know, he's not in the Bible or anything like that. So, Yeah, and, um, you know, he he's somebody a long time ago that gave these predictions, and they were kind of famous. I haven't really heard of his name for a while, um, but uh, he gave these prophecies looking into the future and what it's going to be like. Uh, one of the things that you can challenge your friend on um, is um, because there's so many voices that are out there, uh, Lloyd, uh, people making predictions, those who are claiming things. You know, Nostradamus, you, you can ask, how accurate was he in his predictions? It's interesting that the Bible comes along and says that um, if you are truly a prophet of God, then you have to be 100% accurate. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Not 90, not 90% accurate, not 80% accurate, but if somebody speaks and gives a prophecy and it doesn't come to pass, then they're a false prophet. Um, then it didn't come from the Lord. And so 
you can kind of challenge him on that. You can also talk to him about the prophecies of the Bible, what makes the Bible so unique is that every prophecy that was given in the Bible has come to pass. There's future prophecy yet to be fulfilled. But for example, there were over 100 prophecies concerning the life, well, the birth, life, ministry, death, uh, and uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And Jesus came along and fulfilled every one of those prophecies in his first coming. So every one of those prophecies were fulfilled, every dot and tittle. Very specific prophecies, where Jesus would be born, you know, his ministry, uh, how he would die to suffer Messiah, Isaiah, uh, about his resurrection, David writes about it. All that spoke of Messiah, and Jesus comes along, and he fulfills all of it to the letter, every single one of it, concerning his first coming. We know that there's over 200 prophecies concerning Jesus' second coming. And because the Bible is so accurate, and God says that he declares in Isaiah he knows the end from the beginning, that we know that we can be confident that the prophecies concerning his second coming are going to be fulfilled to the letter. So you can begin to challenge him about, you know, Nostradamus. You know, he said some things. People make a big deal out of it. But I can tell you he wasn't 100% accurate. And um, so um, the Bible is 100% accurate. God is the only one that can do that. He knows the end from the beginning. He declares things that nobody knows. And you can go through the scriptures, and there's many, you know, Old Testament prophecies that were given that came to pass, the near fulfillments, and it gives me confidence that the future fulfillments are going to, um, you know, be fulfilled. So, you know, you can you can read more on him. Uh, I wouldn't spend too much time on it. I always tell people, uh, read the real thing. You know, uh, right. spend time, you know, in the um, in the scripture. But right. you know, a, a, he is a French philosopher. Oh, okay. Um, you, you know, way back in the fifteen hundreds and all that. So you can read on the things that he said, and people make a big deal out of it and stuff. But yeah, I'll tell you what. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say that I think it, I heard you once um, talking about answering a question in regards of uh, whether or not it was you know right to be reading from like the Book of Enoch or anything like that. Um, and I know that it's good to in, inform ourselves, you know, but not spend too much time. Yeah, on those kind of and, things. And you know, one of the hard things about you know even doing like Calvary Live is. Um, Lloyd, is there's so many. It used to be 30, 40 years ago, it was easy to, easier to keep track of the cults of false you know, teachers out there. Now there's so many of them. And right. Jesus said there would be. There would be many false teachers and prophets that would be on the scene. There's so much false doctrine that's out there, false movements, false hope. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep track of everything. And so you would have to spend so much reading on it, and I think we should be up to date. I think we should be so we can, you know, um, knowledgeable on on a lot of these things so we can give a reasonable answer. But a bank teller, you know how they train a bank teller to tell counterfeit money to, to detect it? You know how they train them a real easy way? Is they tell them, study the real thing. So they give them a real $20 bill, 
and they study it. They tell them, you know, this is what makes it a real $20 bill. So when the false comes along, they can spot it and say that's a false $20 bill. Well, John says in his epistle, test the spirits to see if they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So the way that we test it is through the lens of Scripture. And yeah. um, and one of the things that really, when I was in, in college, that, you know, is the Bible really true? The One of the things that really brought me to that point of the Bible being true is prophecy, because mm-hmm. God said, I'm 100% right, and any prophet of God that comes on the scene speaks in my name has to be 100% right, and every prophecy concerning Jesus' first coming was fulfilled to the letter, the odds of that happening, of one man coming along, fulfilling all those prophecies, you can't even calculate it. Uh, so, you know, it's absolutely amazing that we we believe in a God that truly does know the end from the beginning. Not the beginning to the end, but the end from the beginning, which is interesting. So, yeah, yeah you can look at it, sp- spend some time, but really challenge your friend. You know, y- you're interested in this. Why don't you read the Bible and, and look at the prophecies of the Bible and um, and what are you going to do with that? That truly, yeah. it tells you that this book was written by God, who knows everything. Amen. Amen. Okay. Please. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor. Um, just a quick uh, prayer request. Um, I just started. Um, I don't know if this is silly, but I mean, I just started a, a relationship with another Christian girl. So um, I just really kind of nervous and just wanted making sure that you know things are of God and not just because you know um, of my feelings so um absolutely yeah, if you could just pray for that and if you have any advice in regards to that um Here, here, here's my advice lloyd you lead right now as you have this relationship she is a sister in the lord first and foremost and you lead that relationship in a way that honors the lord and in purity and and in a way that pleases the lord I think the great, yeah, the great need in the church today is men that will do that. Even even if even if it's just boyfriend and girlfriend, like even if it's boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, even if it's boyfriend and girlfriend, um, that that especially when you're doing that, Hmm. because I'll tell you what, if you're going to compromise anybody out there that compromises their boyfriend and girlfriend. And this is something that we deal with all the time. I, I don't know why, but in our culture, that even Christians feel like it's okay to be uh, living in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord and, and involved in immorality. I'm not saying that's your case at all. Right. But they think it's okay because that's what culture says. It is not okay. Listen, God is calling you and you to take the lead in it to make sure that there's purity in your relationship. Okay. Well, and that yeah. you're, you're pleasing the Lord, and that you guys are seeking the Lord together, that, that you know, you're being the man of God, she should be able to see if you're going to lead. If you don't do it now, you're certainly not going to do it if it would lead to marriage. So yeah. she, she needs to see that you're going to be a spiritual leader, and, um, wow. and that <laughs> you take very seriously, you know, that it starts with purity, you you know should be going to church together you should be praying together and um and that should be uh, really the the priority of your relationship and then to see what god has for you but she is first and foremost a sister in the lord even when you're dating 
And you are, she is the sister in the Lord until the day, someday, whoever it is that you marry, or if it's her, then you become one, but not before that. And so you make sure that, that you are treating her in a way um, that is pleasing to the Lord. And that is so needed in the church today. Wow. Thank you so much. That's like blowing my mind. You think like yeah. in marriage, you know, that's when you lead or, you know, but no. I, I mean, no. I'm kind of ner- nervous and new to a Christian relationship, you know, so. Yeah. It, and it's wonderful. You know, it, it really is wonderful. And to get to know each other. And um, one of the things that I tell young ladies, um, particularly young ladies, not just them, but for, for you as well. You remember that Paul in Acts chapter 20, he says, you know what manner of man I was in all seasons. And he's talking to the Ephesian elders. So my advice to particularly, I tell young ladies, you take all seasons to get to know that man to see what manner of man he is. Because sometimes it's great when you first start dating, you're excited, you know, it's that that excitement is there, the feelings are there. But over time, that man's character is going to come out. And she needs to see that you have godly character and that you take that very serious and that she has confidence that this is a man that if this relationship proceeds, and grows, and and grows into something that perhaps the Lord, you know, would bless you. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, I don't know what the future is, but you want to show her that, you know, I am one that will lead. I have godly character. I'm going to treat you in a godly way. I'm going to respect you. There's going to be purity, and she can see that you are a man that can provide. And I know that when you asked this question, you probably weren't expecting all of this. But I'm glad, it, though. <laughs> it, <laughs> well, it's, you know, Lloyd, really, truly, it is so needed in the church today. And, um, you know, I tell the ladies, stay away from the boys. Stay away from the boys. Now, if you get a young man that loves Jesus, and he's a godly man, and he's growing in the Lord, none of us are perfect, then that's different. But... You know, show her that you are a man of godly integrity and purity and that you desire to lead that relationship. Pray with her. You know, go over the scriptures, and as the relationship grows, and if it grows, then you can, you know, kind of go from there. But she she needs to see it now, And, um, and I pray that she does. Yeah, amen. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. And um, let me pray with you real quick. Yeah. So, yeah, Father, I just pray. I just pray for Lloyd. He, I love his question. He's sharing with his friend. I pray that he would be able to share the Scripture with him about the prophecies of Scripture. Um, Lord, I pray that as he's in a new relationship, that, Lord, that he would lead um, in a way that's pleasing to you spiritually. Um, that you would be the priority of their relationship. And, Lord, that if you grow this relationship, that they would see that you are working. So, Lord, be with Lloyd. Give him wisdom. Lord, help him lead with purity in a way that uh, is pleasing to you, Lord, in every way and, and to her, that she would see what a godly man is to be about. So I pray this for Lloyd in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Russ.
Thanks, brother. Keep keep in touch, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. Ah, uh-huh, absolutely. Hey, um, I want to go to a text question that's there, and this is kind of, as we're ending the show, kind of a personal text question. And um, a text question came in, please pray for Pastor Jim's wife, Chris, and their family, and it says thank you. And the reason that it's personal to me, because I know uh, Pastor Jim and Chris and what they've gone through this week, and Pastor Jim uh, Carlton is an assistant pastor here at the church, he has been a part of the church. He's been involved in ministry here for um, many, many years, since the very beginning. Uh, he was my worship leader for like the first 14 years that we were at church. He came and faithfully did worship for us. He wasn't on staff. He didn't get paid for it. Then I brought him on staff as an assistant pastor. Uh, then Pastor Jim and Chris uh, planted the church in Birthed, and just in the last year, have come back on staff here at, at Calvary Chapel Greeley. Uh, I have known Jim and Chris for for many, many years, um, over 25 years. We've ministered together. They're very precious to me. And and Chris got uh, very sick over the last couple weeks. And when she went in on Wednesday, just two days ago, um, that they diagnosed her with bacteria meningitis. Very, very serious, as many of you know what that's about. It can be fatal. And so Wednesday night, even before service, um, we just got the news. We were praying for Chris. And, um, you know, it, 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 it can be very serious. And so we uh, prayed for her, and uh, she's doing better. She um, is recovering. Um, there's still a lot of things that they need to treat her for. Um, she um, was in ICU. Uh, hopefully that she'll continue to improve, that she can get out ICU. Uh, but we want to pray for her. We are so thankful for God's mercy on Chris and, and, and Jim and their family. So uh, I would like to take a little bit of time and pray for them and um, and uh, pray for Chris's recovery, that it continue to go in a direction that um, she gets stronger, she gets healing. Uh, I know uh, some of her family members are here, and uh, we just love Jim and Chris so much. They mean so much to us here uh, in Greeley. I know in northern Colorado they have been a tremendous blessing, and we just love them so much. So I, I thank you for allowing me to do that. Father, we do just pray for Chris. Uh, we just pray that uh, you continue to bring healing. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. Um, we thank you for you, uh, touching her. And, and Wednesday night, uh, it was so serious. She was so critical. And um, we know that this is very serious, uh, bacterial meningitis. Um, but Lord, I thank you that she's uh, improving. Uh, I thank you that um, there are signs there that the doctors are positive about. And Lord, I pray for continued healing. I pray that you would, Lord, just be with her, um, strengthen her, um, that she'd be able to get stronger, be with Jim um, as he's ministering to his wife right now, that you would fill them with your love and comfort. And Lord, just be with Chris. Um, Continue to give them peace in this situation And, Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for their servants' hearts, for serving you faithfully, what they mean to us and to our church. And so, Lord, that they would keep looking to you. Uh, 
Show yourself strong, your healing hand upon them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So thank you for allowing me to do that. And um, and pray for your pastors. We're getting towards the end of the show, and I know that we have a few callers um, that perhaps we didn't get to in some of the, the text questions. But it's really on my heart. Pray for your pastors. Uh, pray for your leaders, because we too get sick. And we too can get discouraged and overwhelmed. And it reminds me of what Paul says, that when we came out of Asia, we are pressed beyond measured. And uh, they were so burdened. And he goes on and says, but the burden that you have, may you experience uh, the consolation of the Lord. And and that is um, something that I pr- hope and pray that you would uh, just lift up your pastors, your leaders, um, as you know, they go through sickness or through great discouragement. Keep them in your prayers and lift them up, and let's be praying for one another as well. Also, I want to encourage you, um, you know, as we're heading into the weekend, I know it's the Super Bowl weekend and all of this, be in church, be in fellowship with other believers, be in a church that's teaching you the Word of God, be in a church that is, um, you know, wanting to to move on in the love and grace of Jesus Christ, to stand for righteousness, because we need that. And be a light to others. Uh, Be a light to others. Bless them in every way that you can. So have a great weekend. Thank you for being part of the show. Sorry we didn't get to everybody today. Uh, But Monday we'll be back here at the same time with Calvary Live. And we'll see you next time. God bless you. Be sure to go to church this weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.